0: feel like, energy is so, like, contagious.
1: Newsflash. Peter's my boyfriend.
0: I don't want to be the guy, at the end of the day, on a knee with you. I feel something growing inside me that I've never felt before.
2: Hello and welcome. This and is Jane, the Citizen Kane of Podcasts. I'm Dancy. I'm Cash. And I'm Veronica. And today we are doing For Your Consideration. We are just coming off of period dramas. And as a companion piece of that, we are going to talk about The Bachelorette. And The Bachelor franchise. The beloved reality show that captivates millions of viewers year round,
0: all year round. So, the three of us and a bunch of pals watch The Bachelor and or The Bachelorette every Wednesday night at someone's house, Dedicated. drinking a lot of wine and yelling at the television. It's, it's a really real. good time. The only way to watch it. We are avid group watch fans yes. of this show.
1: We play Bachelorette. It's like a fantasy football oh, league. Oh, I make yeah. the avidity with which men approach fantasy football. That yes. is how we approach. It's it. serious There's like a serious I analyze the teaser trailers. <laughs> 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 I
2: yeah. go for That's it. That's why you've won three years running. Yeah, it's true.
0: It's appropriate that Ronnie is going out for The Bachelorette because she is the reigning champion. So yes,
2: today
1: Veronica is going to talk us through... The Bachelor franchise. Okay, so here's the thing. Susanna Schaubler describes the genre of The Bachelor as half game show, half love story. It's a dating game show where there's one person who's The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, and they have this bevy of hot contestants. Basically, they give roses to the ones that they want to stay, and then if you don't get a rose, you're fucked. Eliminated. The Bachelor has been around for so long that the show really does have an internal set of tropes that each mm. season has to move through. Like skin. a format. Formula exactly. Yeah. There's and a like, formula. and there's even a dialect. Yeah. Yes, cliches. There are bachelor bingo I think cards I'm you can in find. Love with you. Yeah, who's gonna kiss by the fireworks? Who's get a fireworks date?
0: There's the early villain. There's the later villain. There's the musician. There's the, the player. Weird... There's the guy who wears an animal suit. Yes. There's the ridiculous yeah. guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So basically,
0: there is this
1: aggressive sense. That what you're doing has to follow a certain script and you are going to be slotted into a particular category. The reason why I chose The Bachelorette to compare to period dramas is because I think there is something very telling about the aggressive surveillance and scripting of supposedly reality TV Mm -hmm. and the aggressive surveillance and scripting of Regency Society. Yes. The society that is just saturated with
0: codes of behavior and expectations. And the formulas. One of the pleasures of watching The Bachelor is trying to look for the gaps in the machinery. Watching the real humans in the show and trying to balance your interpretation of, like, real human beings maybe having a real emotional experience against these, like, very powerful, show-determined structures. Mm-hmm. And that is partly the same pleasure of watching a period drama. <laughs> exactly. Is watching people try to communicate across really intense and restrictive and try to move, social move barriers. within those barriers. How yeah. do you communicate across... Uh, A party where you can't actually talk.
1: So I have a comparison. In the novel Pride and Prejudice, the big finale scene where Lizzie and Darcy decide they're going to get together, because Austin has this free and direct discourse narrator who kind of like filters everybody's experiences through her, the funny thing about that scene is that you only get Austin sort of vague description of it. You don't get Lizzie and Darcy's mm. actual dialogue. You don't get access to that extremely mm. private and special moment. And that's part of what preserves the yeah. intimacy of the book. Yeah. Something similar can happen on Bachelor and The Bachelorette. So it was Sean Lowe's season. There was this sort of like dark horse contestant named Catherine Giaducci One of the reasons she was a dark horse is because she wasn't a white woman. Uh She was a woman of color. I think she's Filipino. The producers clearly didn't think she could ever make it. But basically, it turns out Catherine had been slipping Sean Lowe little post-it notes... And that was how they had been getting to know each other without the cameras knowing mm. that they were forming this connection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was this kind of lovely way for you to see what happens when people actually form a connection and the cameras aren't watching. And sometimes what the show can't show us is something pure and real and special that we don't have access to. And sometimes what the show can't show us is just mm. the money-grubbing, the racism that yeah. undergirds this yeah. sanitized quest for love. So, Which
2: also honestly has
1: really good parallels to what we talked about In these period pieces, right? Totally. Mm Mm-hmm. Wickham and Tom Felton in the Bell movie, I don't remember his name, they're really good first villains, (laughs) because it's so obvious that they're bad, but then as the movie progresses, you realize there's like a secondary villain who's worse, and it's the class system itself, or the racist justice system, and justice is in heavy air quotes, and you kind of get that on The Bachelorette. The primary villain is Luke P. on this season, who's this very controlling, shitty man.
0: Yeah, we should probably say at this point that we're watching The Bachelorette, and the current Bachelorette is Hannah B. Hannah from Alabama. And we we still don't know who she's gonna end up no. with but we yes. know that Luke P is the villain yeah
1: yeah but then after I've seen so many seasons of The Bachelorette I understand that the real villain is the show like it's the mechanics yes. of the show yes it's um yeah. the fact that they let Luke P on in the first place mm-hmm. in a, and a season for all it's worth oh yeah they are cultivating his controlling mm-hmm. behavior because mm-hmm. it's good for views like they're really the bad guys so there was a season their only Bachelorette of color Rachel Lindsay they got a guy named Lee Lee Garrett oh, mm-hmm. he's four real a bad man. Mm-hmm. He is a racist mm-hmm. who has said racist things on the internet. And the producers either knew and let him on, thinking it would stoke drama because it was their first bachelorette of color, and to date only. And I mean, let's be honest, that's probably what happened. Yeah. And basically, the really frustrating thing that they did was they milked the fact that Lee Garrett, who is a known recorded racist, antagonizing this lovely man and of baited. color named Kenny. And they kept this terrible man on. Like, they're the villain. And this kind of gets me to how The Bachelor and The Bachelorette work with period dramas, which is that you see the forces that always invade these love stories and change their outcomes. And the show almost doesn't want you to see it, but it comes through clearly, right? Because the show is kind of like an ecosystem unto itself, and that ecosystem has to reflect the shitty values of the people who formed it. I don't have a great conclusion for that, so I'm just going to keep going. I just list some other comparisons? So the pacing is like a Regency novel because there's very structured ways you spent your time and very, very structured ways that you get, quote-unquote, intimacy. And it's the performance of intimacy, which is what yeah. people do, and that sort of connects to the way that sharing trauma is a form of currency on The Bachelor. Mm, and this is yeah. what... Wickham does in Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, something terrible happened to me, let me gain your trust. It's a, it's a lie. Like, mm-hmm. it's a performance. Yeah. It's a calculated performance to get
0: something. That is what everybody does on The Bachelor. They parade mm-hmm. the saddest part of their life to continue. Another comparison between the two might be that in period dramas, we see young people falling in love, trying to interact under surveillance. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always a chaperone. And in The Bachelor, you know that there's always someone a foot away filming. Exactly. And, I mean, that gets to what I wanted to to conclude with, which is just that
1: there are these highly ritualized settings in this quest for love, which is something that we think should transcend social scripts. And the other thing that The Bachelorette and period dramas have in common is, quote, cultural baggage up the wazoo. (laughs) These genres always (laughs) end up admitting or suggesting really powerful and profound things about toxic masculinity, racism. And so they always carry this stuff with them. So in conclusion, The Bachelorette is worthy of scholarship. I'm out.
0: (laughs) I actually think there is an interesting comparison, too, to be made between The Bachelorette and the Nancy Myers movies. Which is, and this is coming from an interview I read with Alabama Hannah. She talked about how The Bachelorette is a unique situation. Not The Bachelor, but like this is specific to The Bachelorette. It was a unique situation for her where she was making a lot of money for a short period of time. So she didn't have to work. Yeah. And all she was doing was thinking very intensely and deeply about what she wanted her life to look like. Yeah. And what she wanted out of a partner. And so there is something about the removal of social pressures there that echoes the kind of Nancy Myers heroine's indulgence and consideration of her own preferences in a way that leaves aside very practical considerations. Mm-hmm. 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 And it does that by making those practical considerations fall
1: on everybody else, right? Like those staff yeah. people yes. we never seen in the Nancy Myers yes. movies, the crew that we don't see, who yeah. are staying up till 6 a.m. to make sure this right. terrible cocktail party yeah. can go on yeah. till dawn. And I don't say that to just be like, poo-poo. But it's important to note how much work sometimes has to go in to give somebody, especially a (laughs) woman, pleasure. Yeah. I got a question for you, girl. Go for
0: it. (laughs) Which is that look, I completely buy the Comparison between period dramas and right? The Bachelorette. It, work? it really worked. I love it. But also, why then should we consider it? Because mm-hmm. it sounds like what The Bachelorette brings out are mm-hmm. all the worst elements of period drama. Mm-hmm. Why is it worth our pleasurable viewing?
1: So, I have two immediate reactions. One is there's something very cathartic and I think educational about watching the weird intricacies of dating laid bare. The other thing, and it's kind of like a reader response thing, and that's a shitty academic thing to say, so I'll just unpack it for a sec. So, there's this theory that art is determined by what the author or artist intended. And then there's this counter theory that's like, I don't really care if like Percy Bysshe Shelley had a particular idea in mind when he wrote a poem. What really matters is how a reader considers it. So maybe The Bachelorette carries all this baggage. It's here to make money. Its intentions are shitty. But if it's viewers, Mm -hmm. and this has happened recently, there's sort of this wave of think pieces. Week after week after week, people are dissecting The Bachelorette and thinking about how it represents or interrogates all these really profound issues that have been around for centuries, as we sort of discussed. Mm. Maybe that almost overrides the shittiness of the intentions. That's
2: really interesting to me because I think this gets at the whole battle over pleasure, Mm. about what is pleasure? Can you enjoy something for itself? Can you enjoy something despite its issues, or do you even enjoy something because of its pitfalls? Is something about The Bachelor and its toxic behaviors actually pleasurable in
0: some way? So I think that often movies present, and I'm using heavy air quotes around this, strong female characters as people who are able to like reject or supersede the kind of social norms that dictate. Which is how they totally behave. a Lizzie Bennett. Yeah, which is a Lizzie Bennett, but it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy that you can, It's a superhero movie, Yeah, really. that you can leave those like social strictures behind. And what The Bachelor or The Bachelorette does is take the kind of social undertones that we all live with constantly and make them explicit. So it makes the subtext text. And in making it explicit, there's kind of a relief, I feel, sometimes when I watch The Bachelor, because when I watch other shows that are more ostensibly surface-level feminist there's some part of me that remains on high alert mm-hmm. because I'm waiting or nervous about how the show or the media is going to fail me because it's so impossible to truly escape those strictures or those constraints Whereas with The Bachelor, like, I'm not worried The Bachelor's going to fail me because it failed me from the beginning. Everyone is thin and everyone is white and everyone is heteronormative. Bachelor America
1: has never had a bisexual, bisexual contestant. No, There Very could be t- tons of bisexual no. contestants, but no. we'd never know. But there are international versions of The yes. Bachelor and The Bachelorette where female contestants have fallen in love with each other, yeah. not mm-hmm. the male lead. So the show, against its own will, can represent... The shittiness of culture, which is toxic masculinity, racism. Those are just the two off the top of my head, honestly. Money grabbing. They're big ones. (laughs) You know, manipulating someone to further your career is a Mm -hmm. big one here. And Mm -hmm. a big one in the Regency, too. Wearing Mm -hmm. for money. Very true. But it can also inadvertently bring along some of the better things that culture has done. It also illustrates the kind of,
2: again, the dual nature of pleasure. Yes, pleasure can be actually very insidious and very conservative mm. um, because you you follow down the same, these same tracks and these like, paths of least resistance for, for what has pleasured you before. And at the same time, pleasure is so unwieldy. You never know quite what it's going to attach to. You never know quite what it's coming from or how it will shift or change. And that makes it an unknown quantity. And so even in like a show like The Bachelor, which is so conservative and so formulaic, since it trades in pleasure... In love,
1: in emotional connection, it just, like, can't quite control the product it's selling. Mm-hmm. And one thing that your pleasure kind of latches onto for me is the fact that I never really watched The Bachelor alone. This is a really nice social exercise where I get to hang out with pals that I like, have a little baby think, have some good snacks. Like, the pleasure, it almost, like, seeps out into the way you live your life, which and is multiplies. remarkably... Bachelorette and yes. bachelor ish. You yeah. are not on dates. Yeah. You were hanging out with a group. You are all friends. You're not in competition. You're not in yeah. competition, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're not there for money. It makes people do the exact opposite yes. of what it wants them to do. Yes.
2: Yeah, The Bachelorette. Worth watching
1: and worth reading Most Dramatic Ever by Susanna Schatler. And she's from Toronto. Hey, girl, come watch with us, please. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. I don't know if if he's here for the free food or if he's here to find love. Chad has taken the term meathead to a whole unparalleled level. He would take an IV of meat if he could get one.